Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's really great to be with you today. And can you believe that we're actually on the sixth week of our summer series called Summer in Galatia? I know there's going to be many of you who are getting ready to go back to school and teachers getting back to work. And uh, I just pray that God's rich blessing will be upon all the children, all the teachers and all the families uh, as they go back uh, into the next term. We've been going through this uh, great book of Galatians and uh, we've really endeavoured to take you on a bit of a journey. We've, we've, we've looked at where Galatia was. First of all, it was, it's in modern day Turkey. It was to a collection of churches that Paul the Apostle wrote to. And uh, he, he reminded them of numbers of things and we've gone through those, how we called. He, he identifies there is no other gospel other than Jesus Christ. He encourages the church to know how they can walk in freedom. He encourages to walk in the life of the Spirit. And then he also contrasts the difference between those who are living in the law and those who are living in grace. And today it's my joy to just conclude this series with a very, very important and sobering message that's at the back end of Galatians in chapter 6. In fact, I'm going to take two verses from 9 and 10. And for time, I'm just going to read those two verses. But I would encourage you, if you're listening to me today, to perhaps read the first 10 verses of chapter 6. Because there's great advice for how we operate in the church. But let's read these two verses together, shall we? Verse 9 and 10. He reads, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time... We'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, I want to just break this verse down, verse 9 and 10, and just combine it and really apply this to every one of our lives. As I said, it's going to be quite sobering and quite challenging. Now, first of all, let me just say, it reminds us to do good. It doesn't say be good, we should be good, but it's encouraging us to do good. And that's the first thing that I want to say. We are reminded to do good to all. Now, I would love to have a free pass in this moment. You may say, what do you mean a free pass? I'd love to give you a caveat. I'd love to give you a get out of jail card. Because I'd love for it to read, do God to most, or do God to some, or do God to the deserving and the grateful and the thankful and the appreciative, or do God to those who are God. But it doesn't say that. It says, do God to all. That means to say that there is no exemption to who we should do good to. We are called to show love and forgiveness to everyone. This is a real challenge to us because, of course, there are people in our world who we would love and they're easy to love and uh, they love us and we love them and there's relationship and there's depth of relationship and there's just a coziness, there's a comfortableness, they're nice people, 
That is why we like them. And it's, we do good to them. But this isn't what this verse is saying. This verse is saying, do good to all without, without exception. That means to say to those relatives who you may not get on well with, those neighbours who cause you some you know, challenge, those work colleagues, those old friends in your distant past, even the frenemy. Who do I mean by the frenemy? That's the friend enemy. We keep them close like a friend, but really they're a bit of an enemy to us. That is what this original text is saying. There's no ambiguity to it at all. It means do good to all. Now, it also helps us to understand, and it breaks it down further, who this doing good to all is. Let me just say, first of all, to just break it down quite simply. We are called to do good to all those who are in Christian faith. And secondly, we are called to do good to all, even those who are not in faith. So first of all, let me just speak into the context of doing good to those who are Christians. Paul says that we should do good, especially to the family of believers. I have to say, as a Christian pastor, and have been for approaching 30 years, there are many cruel Christians. You may say, have you just said that live? Yes, I have. There are many Christians who aren't particularly nice at times. There are many Christians who I've come across in churches who can be judgmental, overly judgmental. They criticise, they condemn, they backbite, they gossip, they badmouth, they dismiss, whatever you want to put in there. And you may say at this moment, Christian, that's not a particularly nice thing to say. It may not be, but I want to speak the truth. And the reality is, even to those people, we are called to do good to all. And can I say, as a Christian believer, we should be different. We should stand out. Jesus himself said, by the love that you have for one another, people will know that you are my disciples. Can I speak to Arena Church for a moment and say to each and every one of us, we are called to love one another. We are called to care deeply for one another. I heard recently whilst we were travelling, this great speaker said this thought, live in such a way that demands an explanation. It really challenged me because that's how we should live. In fact, we should live in such a way that people are saying to us, why are you so different? Terry, why are you so different? Anne, why are you so different? Why are you so different, Paul? Whatever your name is. <laughs> And then you're able to say, well, actually, it's because of living faith, a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, this way that we, we live and doing good to all is expressed. I think it's expressed in kindness. You know, I, I honestly believe the kindest of people are the coolest of people. If you want to be really cool, be kind. <laughs> Show kindness. People will want to be around you. Express kindness. Express not a bad attitude. Why have we got so many Christians with bad attitudes? Stop having a bad attitude. Show kindness and show love and show respect and show honour for one another. And this is what Paul was speaking into. And he even nails it because he says, do good to all, especially to those who are in faith, the family of believers. 
And so if we're related by common faith, we need to express love and do good to all. Have you got it? Great. Secondly, he then goes on to say that we should express this goodness and love and kindness to those outside of the faith. He says, do good to all without exception. We command it to do good. Jesus said it best in Matthew 5 verse 16. And I'm reading from the contemporary English version. It says this, make your light shine so others will see the good. Everybody say God. God. Jesus says, make your light shine so others will see the good you do and will praise your Father in heaven. This is Jesus expressing how we are called to be the city on a hill to the world that cannot be hidden. And by the way, if we will do good to all, our lives will shine brightly and people will notice it. He then goes on to say in Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16 in a very contemporary version, he breaks it down even further. The the thought is that this doing good can be expressed by these things. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. He says this doing good is showing hospitality, is showing kindness, is being welcoming. And being, being open-handed and open-hearted and loving and serving and generously giving. So here we see Paul saying to the church, listen guys, do good to all those in faith, those outside faith. Now, very quickly, I wouldn't be giving you the fullness of it. I can't spend time here because I've got one final thought. But there's just another thing around this, doing good to all. Many commentators believe that Paul was actually expressing not just a moral um, take on this, which is true, which is what I've spoken to, but also there was a generous side of it. You see, Paul, wherever he went on his missionary journeys, he raised an offering. He raised an offering for the poor. Now, instead of the church of Galatia, it was very tense. They were tense towards Paul. And so some commentators believe that actually Paul, in this instant, was being quite careful. So this thought of doing good was expressed in, listen, do good. And that includes in the area of generously giving. Because as I said, many of the churches would give an offering to Paul and he would take it to those who are in need. Can I encourage us in this season, let's not hold back. Let's continue to be generous Uh, to the church let's continue to be generous to to our community activities let's continue those who have much do good to all share what you have let it go further I want to tell you that if we'll do that God will bless our lives but even greater than resource coming into us we will feel such the smile of heaven on us as we bless and serve those who have very little or who are suffering at this time But let me just leave you one final thought. Because he doesn't just say do good. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. Now, there's only one danger that all spiritual farmers face. And Paul is speaking in the context of reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping. There's only one thing that hinders the harvest of a spiritual farmer. And it's doubly expressed in this passage with the thought of losing heart, despairing. Growing tired and weary. And I simply want to say as I conclude, how many times 
Do you and we allow weariness to overtake our thoughts, our emotions and our words? Weariness, growing weary. This is a constant challenge to any relationship. And it's also very, very apt to those who are involved in any people-focused vocation. Can I speak to the teachers? Can I speak to the police? Can I speak to those in nursing and those who are doctors? Can I speak to those who are in government workers? And can I speak to those who are pastors and who serve in our dream team? Let us not become weary in doing good. The thought in the Old Testament often is that you would gird up. And the whole thought of girding up was that you would tighten the belt in readiness for the work. A farmer would gird up their garments ready for work. The opposite to girding up was slackening off. And a farmer would slacken off his garments when winding down. Let me just say this. Disheartened farmers, they wind down. They slacken off. The thought is, in this here, they've grown weary. And this is the picture that Paul is painting. He's saying, don't slacken your belt off. He's saying, gird yourself up. And he says this, if you will gird up, if you will not become weary in doing good, he then says, if you keep going, if you keep persisting, if you keep pushing through, you'll reap a harvest. Now as I finish, where is the context of this? Doing God, we've talked about, but being weary. We can all get weary with a husband, a wife. We can get weary with kids that we've been praying for. We can get weary with no breakthrough in our ministry. We can get weary with that person we've been praying for for years who hasn't come to faith. I want to encourage you, don't become weary in your calling. Don't become weary in those things. If nothing has changed, nothing has moved, nothing has improved, don't become weary. If you think like, I'm going to give up on God, don't give up on God. Don't quit church. Some people at this moment are quitting church in their thousands. And they don't just quit church, they ultimately end up quitting God. And this is a very dangerous place to be. The word, sobering word is to us, don't become weary. In doing God. For the right time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. I look at our ministries, I look at our church, I look at Arena Church, I look at our community work, I look at all the people who are involved in all the things that we're involved in. And I simply want to say to myself and to you, let us not become weary in doing good. For the right time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Keep going. The harvest is on its way. I wonder if I could pray for you today. You may feel like you want to give up. You may feel like you haven't even started. Some of you have never stepped into faith in Jesus Christ. You can pray this prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you that you showed goodness towards me by sending Jesus on a cross to die for my sins. I receive this goodness. I receive the goodness of God in my life now. And all that's bad in me, I release to you. And all that's good from you, I allow to flow into me in this moment. And I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. It may be today, as you pray, as your eyes are closed, you may say, that's me, Christian. I felt like giving up. Let me pray for you today. 
Lord, I pray for those who felt like quitting, the weary, the tired, the frustrated. Nothing seems to happen. I pray that in this moment, they'd be strengthened in, this heart, in, in their heart. This word would be for them today. And they would know that the harvest is on its way. That change is going to happen in that husband, in that wife, in those children, in those grandchildren, in those prayers that they've been praying. God, let us not become weary. And over Arena Church, I pray that we would continue to move forward together. That we would not be slacking enough, but we would be girding up in readiness for the harvest. And we ask this, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. As always, guys, I've loved being with you. We'd love to see you at one of our live locations if you're around. But until next time, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I believe in you. God bless you.